I met my best friend Anne in 1985. And the Babysitter's Club kept her friendship alive. Then Emily was born in 1988. And she said, Thanks, Aunt Esme. These books are great. Now we're all grown up and we're living our dreams. As a writer and a scholar and an expert on teens. And we're gonna start again from the very first book because we're stuck. Hey listeners, Emily here. Couldn't make the recording of this fantastic interview with Mamona Tamata, who plays Claudia Kishi on Netflix. You know Anne had a blast discussing all things Claudia with her. Enjoy! Welcome to Stuck in Stony Brook, a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. Today we are extremely excited to have the one and only Mamona Tamata with us. She portrayed young Lara Jean in the second two to all the boys movies and Erica in the Netflix film, The Main Event. But of course, our listeners will know her best as Claudia Kishi from the Babysitter's Club Netflix series. Woohoo! <laughs> We're so excited. So welcome, Momona. Do you, do you prefer to go by Momo, Mo? Do you have a nickname? Um, I usually, you, got, you guys can call me anything that you're comfortable with, but <laughs> Momo or Mo is probably easier than saying my full name for sure. <laughs> okay. okay, cool. Um, so where, where are you t- talking to us from? Um, I'm currently in my home in Vancouver, BC. Oh, is Vancouver yes. near, is that near Stony Brook? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Stony Brook's in Connecticut. Um, so <laughs> no. <laughs> Dang it. No, it's kidding. <laughs> Maybe there's like a magic portal from the right? west coast yes. of Canada to the east coast of the United east States. East coast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, you guys, we should probably back up and tell you about the members of the podcast. I'm Esme Schaller, an adolescent psychologist. I'm kind of bossy, but I have a big heart. I'm Anna Chikala, a freelance writer. I'm a mischievous pragmatist with a sweet tooth. I'm Amona Tamata, an actress and dancer, and also a very creative baker. Ooh. I like that. <laughs> we have to delay to talk about food until later in the podcast or we turn it into a food podcast, but that's exciting. Um, If you want to learn more about us and how we know each other, check out our prologue episode. Also, you may notice Emily is not here today. It's midterm time at her university, and she's teaching four classes. And so uh, we miss her, and she couldn't make it today. But um, she just gets to be envious that we got to talk to Momo. So you can also rate and review us. It helps people find the podcast. If you have any questions, comments about anything BSC-related, you can drop us a line at stuckinstonybrook at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash stuck in Stony Brook. So Momo, before we get into all things BSC, I have to ask you one thing. Yes. Um, we know that you're a great dancer, but just not ballet and jazz, but you love to tap dance. I do. Okay. Yeah. That is so cool because I feel like I, we have so much in common. I, I can't tap dance, but I love tap dancing. <laughs> And I grew up watching musicals, so mm-hmm. I just feel like I'll go on YouTube sometimes and just watch the, these great tap these numbers. Tap dance? Yes, and it makes me I so love happy. Doing that too. Yes, watching tap is like my favorite thing. It's so fun. <laughs> oh, fantastic! What do you like about tap specifically? Um. Okay. For me, I mean, I've been tapping since I was like four, and it was one of the first things I ever did in dance. So I think I just like, I just have like this love for it just because I've been doing it for so long. And for me, I think like the the sounds and the rhythms, they're just so satisfying to listen to, Mm -hmm. especially when they're, they're like done correctly and well. Um, Yeah, I just, it's so great how you can literally make music from your, your feet. Like how cool is that? Yeah, that's really incredible. If, uh, if tap was 
one of the members of the BSC? Who do you like? Which which dance style for which member do you think? Like Jesse's obviously ballet. Like who's tap? Who's modern? Who's hip hop? Oh, oh my goodness! I have not thought about that. Okay, yeah. Well, Jesse's definitely ballet. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a random question. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, yeah, Jesse's definitely ballet. Um, I feel like I could see Claudia in like jazz or something a bit more like bright and mm-hmm. upbeat. I feel like I can also see Marianne in ballet, maybe as well. Mm-hmm. Stacy, hmm. I don't know. State. I feel like she's also very elegant, so maybe lyrical or something. Ooh, so pretty. Okay. Christy, I can see her in hip hop as well. Yeah. So like she's oh, yeah. very bold and just mm-hmm. ready yeah. to athletic, kind of yeah. right. Yeah. And for some reason, I just see Mallory as a tap dancer. I don't know. I think. Oh yeah, that fits. Maybe I think it's because like, totally I know. Fits. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I, I something yeah. about that just fits. <laughs> Yeah, well, part yes. of our journey in doing this podcast, Mamona, has been, uh, you know, we we came in very much identifying me with Christy and with Claudia, Emily with Dawn, and then we're sort of coming to terms that we're all actually Mallory. I feel like Mallory is all of us in some way, shape, or form. Like, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Secret love of tap definitely goes with that. So in my late 20s, Momo, I, I, I took a few tap dance lessons because I was so curious about yeah. it. It is not easy, first of all. No, it's not easy. You, you know, and the thing is, even when you can do the steps, you like what you do with your the upper half of your body makes such a difference. And I was like, what do I do with my arms? Like, I just I didn't look right. It's very difficult. Yeah, I think it's like <laughs> people have like this perception of tap and it's everyone like thinks it's so easy, but it's really hard, especially I think if. If you don't start it from a pretty young age, it mm-hmm. just gets more difficult as you get older. <laughs> you mean not when you're 30? That's not a good time to start tap. <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, I mean, you can always try for sure. <laughs> so my last question about tap is, I, I remember how to do the time step. That's the oh, one yes. thing I remember. Are there any other basic tap moves I could try to learn on YouTube? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, a time step is a good one. There's actually like different variations of a time step I guess there's like the single and mm-hmm. like the double and then the triple one so learning those is a good one mm-hmm. um I feel like you can find like easy combos on okay. YouTube you know just I would say get a good idea of the basic steps you know shuffles for laps mm-hmm. all the uh paradiddles drawbacks all that oh, stuff yeah. and then just try to put them together. together okay and see how it goes <laughs> add some arms and and see how it goes. I feel like my arms just always go like this. You know, okay. like <laughs> it's unique. Okay, cool. Maybe cool. this is something we can offer to our patrons on Patreon. Anne, to, to <laughs> learn learn tap with Anne from YouTube. Yes. Cool. So we start with all of our guests when we don't have tap dancing to talk about. We like to hear about your personal history with the Babysitters Club. So. You know, we read in a different interview that you did read the books before you were cast. And so we're just curious kind of what got you started? How old were you when you first started reading them? Which books do you remember reading first? Yeah. So like you mentioned, I did start reading the books very kind of early on in elementary school. Um, I believe I first read The Truth About Stacy. I think that was the first Mm. one. I read, I remember like the purple book cover very mm-hmm. clearly. Um, it was for like, I, uh, in a group, it was for like a, a kind of like a novel study type thing. Mm-hmm. And after that, 
all kind of like my friends in that group, we just really enjoyed that book. So we started reading the other ones. Mm -hmm. And at lunch, um, when I started reading them, my teacher really was into writing and reading as well. So she had like this little library in her classroom. So at lunch, we'd read like the BSC books and just kind of sit there and chillax. So yeah, I remember reading The Truth About Stacey is my first one. And I also do remember um, Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls very clearly as well. Nice. Excellent. And how many of the books have you read? I imagine you read more to study and prep for the characters, but do you even know at this point? I don't even know at this point. I think it was kind of, it was a while ago that I I read like a lot of them. I think Mm -hmm. especially when I first booked the job, I kind of went on like a frenzy of just like reading all these books. Um, But I do remember reading like the Claudia porch, like her her like oh, the own portrait book, collection. the yeah. portrait collection. And that was, um, I guess, the book that helped me, I think, you know, prep for the role the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have yes. do you have favorites? Like, it sounds like Truth About Stacey is always going to hold a special place in your heart, which totally makes sense to me. We were blown away yes. when we reread that book as adults for the podcast. It's so well done. There's so Definitely. many layers to it. There's a lot there. Um, yeah. Are there others oh. in the series that are your favorite? I mean, how do you even pick? There's so many great ones. Um, I mean, obviously, Plotting the Sad Goodbye is also very, very touching. And but for me, I think like just like the first books that I kind of read in the series will always be the most memorable to me because that Mm -hmm. was like my first introduction to the BSC books. And now like looking at where I am today, it's like, well, like that's kind of where it all I was first introduced to BSC, which is just so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. What um what characters, what character or characters did you first relate to the most and and why? I mean, I think at that point when I first started reading the books, I was a lot more shy and kind of closed off. So I was a little bit of a Marianne for sure. Mm-hmm. I guess you could see like more of like a season one Marianne. Mm-hmm. Um and but I always kind of identified with Claudia like quite a bit being um always very kind of into the arts and stuff I think that's kind of where we I always found that connection and also her being um Asian American I was just like wow like this represent like I was able to really see myself in a book for the first time which is just truly incredible and also Jessie as well being the dancer that she is I think I'll always I share such a strong passion for dance that I think I'll always find myself in her as well. But pretty much all the characters kind of just most into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the genius <laughs> of it, right? Is that like yes. we're all we're all all a little bit of each of them. Yes. So speaking of genius, we have to talk to you about meeting Anna and Martin. Um <laughs> What was that like? We know you're not like weird Gen X old ladies like us, so you probably didn't just like sit and cry <laughs> because which is what I would do if I got to meet Anna Martin. But what what was it like? And you know, did she impart yeah. any wisdom that we can improve use to improve our own lives? <laughs> Ooh, good question. Okay. It was on set while we were filming season one. Um, there were kind of like there was a word growing around that she was gonna be there, but I wasn't like a hundred percent sure. I was like, okay, like I might meet Anna Martin today. Like that's uh, crazy. But I was not prepared because I walked off of the set off of, I think it was Claudia's room set. And she was sitting at like the hair and makeup chairs that we have on set for touches. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, hold on. (laughs) And I 
internally was freaking out, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I got to talk to her. I got to sit down with her. She signed, I believe, one of my BSC books that I have. And, you know, she uh, so she's so sweet. And it was truly such an honor getting to meet her. Um, she's She's definitely had a really large impact on the show as well. And I think it's so great to have the original author there and to um, have her kind of implement her thoughts to make sure that the show is um, – kind of being created in the way that she also imagined being the creator of the BSC and yeah we kind of did like a little photo shoot with her with all the girls in um, Marianne's room and it's a very memorable day for sure yeah that sounds amazing is that like what we dreamed of Anne when we were Mamona's age I mean we weren't as cool as you Momo (laughs) like we weren't you know (laughs) Mallory (laughs) yeah we were more of a Mallory lots of Mallory energy (laughs) Aw. Well, Mallory, I think Mallory is so sweet, too, so. Yeah, I feel like, you know, Mallory's a little bit awkward in the books, but you know when she becomes an adult, she's going to really thrive. Yes, 100%. Yeah, this is me projecting my, my like, myself into Mallory. (laughs) Into Mallory? (laughs) Yeah. She's going to be awesome, though, one day, right? No. (laughs) So, when you auditioned for Claudia, do you remember the scene you had to read? I do very clearly. Um, what was it? Yeah, it was. It's not any of the scenes that actually ended up in the show, but one of them was, I believe, thrift shopping with Stacy, and um, I I remember the scene. Stacy wasn't like totally into it, but Claudia was trying to like. Be like, look, it's like Gucci adjacent. Like, it's it's like it's fine. Like, you're gonna find so much good stuff there. That's the scene I remember doing. And then there was also another one. Oh, maybe this one wasn't it, but it was cooking with Mimi. I believe she was making. We were making dinner, and I believe that we were talking about Janine. This was so long ago, mm-hmm. but that's those are kind of the two scenes I remember. And then there was one other group scene with all the other members of the BSC that we got to do at the chemistry read. And it was, um, I believe it was in a club meeting, if I'm remembering things correctly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about in prior episodes about how your Claudia, your portrayal of Claudia is so great. Not to knock the former TV show series. (laughs) I'm I'm comfortable knocking it. I like... (laughs) I, I don't blame the actors, but I do blame the creators. I don't. I, I don't think they got it. I mean, it's clear that this show, and we'll we'll say this when we're going to talk to some of the producers as well, and we'll say this when we speak to them. But it's like clear that this was made by people who grew up loving the books. Loving Whereas, the books, like yes. mm-hmm. the 1990 exactly. show was like a cash grab from adults that didn't get it. Like that's <laughs> my that's my take. Like I just don't yeah. like it. Just doesn't have the same level of heart and understanding. Yeah, I think it's so great that like everyone that's been a part of this show all have kind of had BSC as such a staple part of their their like just life. So mm-hmm. everyone kind of just shares that same passion of bringing their stories to life, which I think is so cool. Totally. Um, And then you kind of talked about this earlier, but like in what ways you talked about relating to Claudia in the sense that she's very creative. She's Japanese American, you're Japanese Canadian. Um, Like in what ways do you, you don't relate to her? Do you think? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I relate to her so much, so it's hard to kind of pick out like these odd things that I don't relate to her as, 
I mean, I think the one obvious one is kind of her life with academics. She definitely doesn't love school. Um, I don't don't love it either, but I mean, I think I like it a little bit more than she does. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's kind of like the greatest part in which like we differ. Um, she kind of identifies as more like of an individualist. And I'm not sure if I'd call myself an individualist exactly. I think I prefer... I don't think I'm as bold as her, but, you know, she's definitely has been an inspiration of mine when kind of um, being like becoming comfortable as like my own person. And I think that Claudia has taught me a lot when it comes to kind of self-confidence and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I would say we don't I, I would say we ha- kind of share more similarities than we have like differences. Um, but I, I appreciate both for sure. Yeah, it's interesting how you're saying that Claudia kind of helped you come out of your shell a little bit more, mm-hmm. it sounds like. <clears throat> and like, was that something you thought this character would help you do? Because like, you know, like going into character, like, I can play this role, but it sounds like she really had a big impact. Yeah, your- for sure. Um, I mean, I don't think I, I thought that she'd kind of bring this whole new world like of a person to me um obviously well when I auditioned I wasn't sure kind of like what to expect like I obviously loved Claudia but I didn't think that she'd like teach me the lessons that I that she's taught me um kind of like I mentioned I think her being just so bold and unapologetically like her own self has inspired me to um kind of feel more comfortable as my own person like I just Mm -hmm. um mentioned and I think it's really unique to see how much these characters are really able to teach you things and kind of um influence you in a way I will say um before I before I filmed season one I was a lot more kind of closed off and shy and a little bit more insecure than I am now and I think Claudia has helped me really break out of my shell a a lot actually and I'm I think I'll forever be grateful for that Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to cry. That's so I know. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's really awesome. Well, and I also think about how you're doing that, you know, you and all the girls in the cast are doing that for so many other people. Like, it's one of the really amazing things about this show that you're able to do that. But it's also just like really entertaining and funny and gr- like it doesn't when we grew up, anything that was going to teach you a life lesson was like very obviously teaching you a life lesson. It was like super heavy handed and like kind of sickly sweet and like you, you wanted to roll your eyes from it and th- that <laughs> it, this is not like that at all. And yet you can yeah. still get those really cool lessons from it. For sure. Yeah. I don't, do you remember after school specials? You probably have no idea what those are, Mama. but <laughs> like when we were growing up, they would have these after school specials, like very like <laughs> obvious, like Gina got pregnant from premarital sex. What is oh she going to do? Um, yeah, I definitely didn't know. Like, okay, it was, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we grew up with um in terms of so we have to talk a little bit about claudia's style oh yeah it sounds like course. she also influenced you a little bit in that category what's something that you wear now that you might have not worn pre-claudia yeah um i mean okay pre-claudia i was such a, a dancer like i would wear leggings and like a hoodie every single day. And um, I kind of was just too nervous to break out of anything other than like, you know, leggings and a hoodie. 
So Claudia has taught me to definitely wear brighter things and to kind of just be bold with myself because, you know, it's not going to matter. Like, I don't know, in 10 years, I I might just look back and be like, you know, that was not my best outfit, but at least I was kind of like going for it, you know? Um, I would say, ooh, I'm trying to think of an outfit that I probably wouldn't have worn. I mean, like for me, I think kind of Claudia taught me that to kind of like think outside of the box a lot more than I would originally do. Anytime that I would try to create a new outfit pre-Claudia, I was just, I would get so stuck because I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't try new things and I just wanted to stay within my comfort zone. But Claudia's mm-hmm. taught me that, you know, even these things that you wouldn't first imagine would go together do. And it's so fun now for me to play around with that and be like, will this work together or this? And sometimes they don't. But when they do, it's like you get a super cool outfit out of it. And I think fashion is just so special and such a great way to express yourself that I never really like thought of at first. But, you know, after doing all these fittings for Claudia and just kind of being introduced to all like all this amazing fashion that you see on the show, it's like, wow, like I can be doing a lot more than wearing the things I'm comfortable in. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. The outfits on the show are amazing for like all the characters, especially oh, yeah. especially Claudia, Stacy, and Don. I feel like have, sure. the most, have the most fun fun outfits. Yeah, um, but no shade. It's not easy to come up with a Christy Thomas outfit that is like so unbelievably Christy Thomas. And like both seasons, like ever, like the rugby shirts on season two, I was like, yes, yeah. from my couch. <laughs> it's like, oh, perfect. So. I have a question from my 13-year-old daughter related to yes. what we were just talking about, who is a huge fan. Both my both my kids are a huge fan of the show. Just Aww. what does it feel like to be in that awesome bedroom and wear those awesome clothes? Oh, my <laughs> like, gosh. What is it like to be, be embodying Claudia in that way? Because I think everyone that watches the show, whether they're 43 like me and Anne or 13, is like, oh, my God, I want that bedroom. I want that, like, yeah. space around me. For, yeah. Okay. So – when we first saw the room, it was just like wood, like there was nothing mm-hmm. to it. Um, but you know, the first time we actually stood in there with all the decorations and stuff, it's like a feeling that I can't even like put into words. It was just so incredible because, you know, reading the scripts and the books, you kind of imagine like what Claudia's room would look like. But just being there in person and kind of standing in this room that was just so Claudia and like it just brought back so many like you know, kind of moments from like the books, like, oh, so like, this is kind of like, it's, yeah, like the room is just Claudia as a room, Mm -hmm. which I think is just so, so cool. Mm -hmm. And I think if I learned anything, it was like, especially with season two, I, I especially realized like how much I cannot take these moments in her room for granted, because, you know, kind of those moments are, I think, you know, experiences that I won't probably ever really get to experience in the same way ever again. So working on season two, I was like, I'm not going to waste a single moment in like this room. Like I'm going to have just so much fun. And yeah, I think it really made me realize how special Claudia is as a character and just being able to be her, like all her clothes and her room and just kind of everything about her is just so special. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's something that I would say I kind of took back from that, but, but being in that space is seriously incredible. It's it's like, no words can describe it. It's like a dream bedroom. 
for yeah. sure. That's awesome. So we wanted to ask you some questions about things, maybe some deeper Claudia cuts from the books yeah. to see if they are relevant to you or not, which we think some of them you, we actually might be given that you're Canadian. Um, so for instance, we learned kind of randomly in super special three that Claudia is like a super champion skier. And this hasn't been mentioned in any of the books up until then. <laughs> and then she like wins the Stony Brook middle school skiing contest and she kicks yeah. his ass. And she has her own like professional equipment. So are, how, how are you as a skier? <laughs> okay. Um, I actually have a kind of a funny story to this. Right. If I can tell that when I first started, I actually first started skiing last winter, um, like I mentioned, because like I've been a dancer all my life, I was so scared of injuries and I'm oh, like, I can't yeah. do this. But the time came and my parents, who are both very, very good snowboarders, and my brother, who's a skateboarder and a snowboarder, they're like, Momo, like you have to do this. Like you're Canadian and you, ha- you can't just like <laughs> leave being like not like having like not having the experience of skiing before. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll I'll ski. So I took like this three hour ski lesson. And it went well. And the teacher was like, okay, you can go down the bunny hill now. Like you're ready. So I go down this hill and I'm like confident in myself. You know, you see these two, like two, three year olds going down the hill and you're like, I need children that are just like, I'm ready. Like, yeah, yeah, like this is not going to be that hard. But I start picking up so much speed and I realize that I don't know how to stop. And I. I'm freaking out because the edge of this hit like hill is like taped off and it's like dark and there's trees. And I'm like, if I go that way, like I'm going to fall down this hill. Like I can't do that. So I like jump into this pile of snow because that's the only (laughs) way I can stop myself. And that was a very kind of scary experience for me. So I'm not a professional skier like Claudia. (laughs) I am working on it, but I'm not there yet. (laughs) Fair enough. Yes. (laughs) Um, we also learn in Super Special 4 that she's really good at sailing. I know that Vancouver's on the water. How are, yes. how are you at sailing? <laughs> I've never really sailed before. Like, I don't really, I don't think I've, I've kind of experienced that before. So I couldn't say how good I am at, at sailing, but I would love to try it for okay. sure. Maybe that's something that I'll put on my list for okay. sure. Excellent. Sailing. <laughs> Have you, um, so... One thing we really like to talk about is like the most implausible kind of wildest plots from the books. And I think so, so far the show has not chosen kind of the, the totally craziest, I think of the, of the potential selections, but have you read super special Four Island adventure? I'm not sure if I have, what, how does that one go? So Dawn and Claudia. Get ready. Yeah, get ready. It's (laughs) wild. Dawn and Claudia take sailing lessons and they get certified to sail independently. And then they decide to have a race to an island off the coast of Connecticut, and they each take as their crew three of the children that they babysit for. (laughs) So, like, Jamie Newton, who's only four, goes on this without an adult, and, like, Becca Ramsey and Jeff Schaefer. um, And who else is there? (laughs) Becca and Jeff and Charlotte? No, not Charlotte. Who's the... Oh, Haley Brown is there and then they get shipwrecked on another island because of because there's a storm and they like almost die basically i wish the audience could see mama's face right now um and then they get shipwrecked for three days on this island and of course all claudia packed was like candy bars um but 
But the news about this is that Claudia saves everybody. It turns out she's really cool in a crisis. Dawn freaks out and ends up just like rocking in a corner, basically. She's totally useless. And Claudia figures out how to collect fresh water from the rainstorm so they don't lose water. And then she finds like a shard of a mirror on the island and she uses it to reflect the sun and find a search plane and like gets them rescued. So... A, it looks like you should read this book. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm going to do after this. Holy moly, what? So how do you think your survival skills are? What do you you think, what would happen if you were stuck on an island? Uh, Good question. I mean, okay, I do go camping all the time, and I've always, like, been in wildlife all my life for Hmm. sure. So I think I, I, I could manage okay, but realistically if I was in that situation I would freak out like that is terrifying yeah yeah I think I would pull more of a dawn in that moment yeah (laughs) it's real wild yeah yeah I mean okay it would depend who I'm with but Mm. most likely I would be freaking out rocking back and forth on the ground in the cave you happen to find to keep in the cave I have (laughs) it yep because that's what they do they find a cave Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, I think what would end up happening, realistically speaking. I really appreciate your honesty about this. I think that's yes. what would happen to most of us. Yeah. Except Anne's pretty convinced she, this is a way in which she's like Claudia and that she would save the day. She would I save mean, the day. Well, Esme is a Girl Scout or she was a Girl Scout. So yeah. she has some survival skills. That's true. All right. Do you have any other hidden talents that you think would be useful on the island or off the island? Hidden talents? Yeah, something, something. You know, we we know you're an amazing actor I mean, and dancer and baker. Isn't isn't tap know. dancing enough? Well, it's, that's not right? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I could, at the most, if we somehow found food, figure something out with that because I mm. do really like kind of like making recipes up on the spot and just nice. seeing if they work. And usually yeah. they do, which yeah. trial and error. But hopefully, I could help in some way. So you could when cook the fish that Jeff Schaefer is somehow able to catch the 10 oh, yeah. with no fishing line. With yeah, his just, hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, she doesn't believe it either. In the episode, Esme and Emily were like, Jeff could catch fish. And I was like, no, he can't. He can't <laughs> catch fish. Did he literally just grab it out of like the water? They don't really give the specifics. Oh. But, that's he kind just, of, but he doesn't have like fishing gear with him. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I guess he's just very talented. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of crazy, so among all the characters, Claudia is the second most boy crazy in the club. Of course, next to Stacey. Mm -hmm. Um, So among Claudia's different love interests in in the series, who do you think is actually the best match for her? So we we came up with three options. Okay. So one is Trevor Sanborn who is the romantic poet of Stony Brook Middle School. Oh, yep. There is Terry Liang, who she meets on the beach in California, who was multilingual and likes to keep up on current events in the news. And there's Will Yamakawa, who is Japanese-American. He's close to his grandparents, and he likes kids, Mm -hmm. and he was a counselor in training. So who do you think is the best match for Claudia? For Claudia? Yeah. Hmm, that's a very good question. Okay, hold on. Okay, well, we saw Trevor Sanborn in the first season. Mm-hmm. He's also an artist, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a good match, I think. Oh, nice. and there's Terry and Will, Terry. too. Those are the other two. Oh, yes. 
Terry, she needed to like call Janine and ask for advice on what to talk to him about. But Janine told her right. to just be herself. To just be herself. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that's so hard. I have not ever thought about this. Like, actually, <laughs> wait, which one is the one that she meets? At, is it the super special? Um, at camp. A, was it camp? Will, yeah, Will, Will? Yamakawa. She meets at camp. Yeah, yeah, and I, I believe they had like a, a connect, like they connected very mm-hmm. well and I think that was very sweet I don't know I want to hear your guys's opinions too like what do you think like okay I have an opinion I think yes. that she should date Trevor through high school through high school and yeah. then they'll go to college and break up but then she should end up with Will Yamakawa when she gets older I see that I I think her oh, and, and, and she might date Terry in college because she's trying to be more too. academic uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I think Will is definitely a good choice for her as well. Yeah. I think they like connect on, on in mm-hmm. a very like, especially in that one book that I remember reading. They kind of, you know, were able to just be themselves. And- yeah, it's like a deeper talk. level than Trevor. Yes. but like Trevor's Trevor. like artsy and hot, and he's right there. So she should, you know, <laughs> take advantage of that in the short term. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, who 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 do you like best out of the three? <laughs> I mean, okay, I feel like this would be easier if all of them were, like, in the show as well. Then I would know, Mm -hmm. right? The half-sentence description we gave you isn't enough to choose. I mean, this is hard. Like, picking between (laughs) – I mean, okay, if I I think Claudia is going to end up with Will, I'll say Will, too, because I think he's sweet. I think that's the right choice. That's a good choice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, and now we won't tell Marianne what you say. You can be okay. honest. We want to know what right. you really think about Logan Bruno. And we know that Logan in the show is much better than Logan in the <laughs> books. We're asking about Logan overall. You can give two different answers if you want to. Yeah, well, okay. I do know Logan joins the club at some point, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And then he leaves because he's like, nope, <laughs> not for me. Um, I think Logan in the show is is very sweet. He's mm-hmm. very, you know, I think him and Marianne kind of get along well and I'm glad how it all ended um off in season two mm-hmm. how they were kind of just able to connect on like more of like a friend level as well mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of a good direction for mm-hmm. sure Logan and the books yeah mm-hmm. I would say being I guess kind of like very like you know I always like make sure I'm watching out for my friends so I would say, Marianne, be careful. Just like, you know, mm-hmm. be yeah. kind of aware mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, I approve of Logan in the show. 100%. Fantastic. That was that was all the correct answers, Momo. You Is, was that okay? Yeah. Okay. That was, yes. Okay. <laughs> <Not Good. ever. laughs> the pregnant pause was also fantastic. Like Logan in the book. He has good qualities as well, but I would say he's... I would say a better match for Marianne in the show. Yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, in the books, when he like was like, I don't want to look for Tigger when Tigger was lost, I was like, dang, Logan, that's pretty cold. Yeah. Marianne's cat is missing and you just like don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Not into it. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool. All right. Enough about Logan. Uh-huh. Enough about Logan. <laughs> Uh, let's get back. Let's get back. You know, focus on us here. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm Japanese American, and I grew up in California. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was very fortunate to have a large Japanese American community where where I grew up. And I'm sure that's also the same case in Vancouver. 
Um, but as I got older, I kind of realized that not everyone had this opportunity to be included in such a diverse community, and depending sure. on where you live, right? So as I got older, I was, I was recognizing and being aware of this lack of diversity in the media, um, but that is starting to change now, in part due to characters like Claudia and your portrayal of Claudia. Has playing Claudia like changed or expanded your view on Asian representation in the media? Yeah, um, I think I kind of have like a similar story to what you were mentioning. Like I've, I've kind of grown up with, um, uh, I guess, um, a lot of kind of exposure to um, other um, mm-hmm. Japanese Canadians as well that I hold very close to me. So I didn't kind of realize that that's something that people didn't have. And after portraying Claudia, I think I uh, kind of gained a better understanding of that as well. You know, she's someone that I guess so many people can connect with and connect to. So being, I guess, the one who is able to portray her in the TV show, I kind of gained a better understanding of that and also kind of what Claudia is in media. I mean, you know, I always thought she was an incredible character for sure, but it wasn't until I think I watched the Claudia Kishi documentary that I realized like, oh my gosh, she has had such a big impact on so many people in ways that Mm. I didn't even, like, I couldn't even imagine. So being able to be a part of that and being able to be a part of kind of the next step and hopefully creating more, like, representation and kind of diversity within, you know, the industry of film um, and kind of just mainstream media in general, it's really um, something that I think I'll always be just so grateful for and I'll always kind of appreciate uh, Claudia as, you know, the character that helped me understand that and kind of become more passionate about creating these positive changes as well. Yeah, and like Claudia, I mean, also, I'm older than you. When I read The Resetters Club, was, you know, long time, decades ago. And it was definitely, Claudia was like the only other Japanese-American character I had ever seen anywhere basically you know and the fact that she was as the documentary talks so much about she was kind of like the anti-asian right like she wasn't good at school she was expressive she was creative and i think you know i related to that you related to that and i think that's what's so wonderful about that character for sure i have to completely agree yeah so many Grown women on Instagram have DM'd us talking about how they were delaying watching Claudia and the Sad Goodbye, just because we knew that it was going to be super sad. We've read that you're also close to your, your grandma. Um, yes. Your, your, your bachan. Um, yeah. And just like Claudia with close to Mimi, like, what was your relationship like with your TV grandma, um, Takeo Fisher? Yes. Um, working with her was so... So incredible. I mean, I think, you know, my grandmother lives in Japan, so I'm not able to see her very often, which, you know, is unfortunate, but I think that kind of taught me to make the most out of the time I have with her for sure. So working with Sakayo, it was just like, it was really great to kind of have that almost role model like person back in my life, working with her who has been in kind of this industry for so long and has like been able to tell so many stories I was I learned kind of a lot from her in that sense and um 
working with her, we were able to, I think, build a very special chemistry that was very real as well. I got to talk with her um, in between scenes and and we kind of just got to talk about, you know, acting and kind of how she started off as well. So I really hope that people can see that chemistry that we've been able to kind of build from season one all the way up to season two. And unfortunately, the Claudia, Claudians said goodbye. And and um, I hope that people will kind of appreciate it more and knowing that, unfortunately, Mimi has passed. Oh, yeah. Heartbreaking. I mean, we knew what was coming, obviously. No. <laughs> but it was still... We all cried yeah. a lot. Um, I did too. Reading the script, I was like bawling my eyes out, just crying. Yeah. Um, did you talk with Takeo about being an actor, a Japanese actress, you know, many years ago? And how did she tell you any stories, um, any challenges she faced versus, you know, how, how things have, you know, progressed over the years? But okay, yeah, I was able to talk to her and also Aya as well, kind of about you know, what this, like, whole, the whole dynamic of, like, kind of the Kishi family has, like, how much, and how much that has impacted, um, kind of representation in general. So being able to tell our own stories of kind of how so much has changed and how there's so much more representation now and how that was different from, you know, kind of what, um, Takao was used to seeing, um, as, like, an actress in this industry, it was really special to kind of get to connect um, and understand that, you know, this wasn't the way that it used to be. And Mm -hmm. kind of, I think I learned to appreciate more of, you know, how, how special it is to be able to ensure that these stories are being told accurately and making sure that there's representation and diversity in the in film and television. Mm-hmm. One of the best things about all of the characters, especially as you all have portrayed them on the show, is how multidimensional there are, they are. And in some of the episodes, especially in Sad Goodbye, but also in Mean Janine from the first season, Claudia experiences some really difficult emotions that she has to navigate. And how did you tap into these feelings? And was that challenging for you as an actor to show a more vulnerable side of yourself and of Claudia, given that Claudia has this really confident exterior and how did you like how did you go about that yeah um for me I've kind of mentioned this before but I kind of went through in my mind like the best way I could approach this was especially with the scene um with Marianne that was very emotional yeah yeah it's very emotionally heavy so I kind of found best that it would be most beneficial for me to just keep it as fresh as I could in my mind. So I didn't read this that scene in specific over and over again because I think there's something just so special about like your your raw emotion when you first read something like that. And I wanted to capture as much of that as possible within when I was actually doing that scene. So I in like like that scene in particular, I kind of just put it off to the side a little bit. But for me, I kind of more like studied each of Claudia's kind of stages of grief. And I think it's very smart how they kind of went about doing that was showing how Claudia was dealing with this because obviously she didn't just break down sobbing right away. She kind of went through that like denial and and this kind of anger and all like the stages of grief and working on that episode um working with Robert we were really kind of focusing on making sure that those stages were each being kind of um 
mm-hmm. represented. And yeah, so working on that episode was really special. And I think I really kind of got to study how Claudia as a character would handle these things compared to, you know, how Momo would and kind of studying like these mannerism, mannerisms that she would kind of embody as mm-hmm. Claudia was really interesting. And it was, it was very, it was a challenge, but one that I really enjoyed. And I'm glad that is, that it's kind of being, um, it's, it's all kind of being taken positively, which makes me very happy for sure. Yeah. It was really beautifully done. I So as a teen psychologist, I hate like 90% of portrayals of psychologists and, and psychological things in the media because they're mostly terrible. But your show is not at all. And that it was just fantastic. I thought it was super realistic, especially for a 13-year-old. Like those are really big for emotions sure. to handle at 13 when there's so much other stuff going on. And so you just, it was perfect. Thank so. you. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. And that'll hand that off to the writers as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Take that to something funnier, Anne, so we don't all just start crying about Mimi. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Well, one of my favorite episodes of both seasons was when you guys went to summer camp. Yes. At Camp Moosehead. And was it as fun as it looked? Because I'm I'm jealous. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, We basically just got to spend two weeks at I believe was a summer camp at one point I think it still is but it was just kind of closed but um yeah we just got to spend two weeks filming there so you know at lunch we'd go eat by the water and we'd get to like run around in this field and we'd have what are those beanbag those like sack races what are Mm -hmm. they called oh yeah we would race and It was like it was like being at summer camp, pretty much. Um, and it, that was really special for me because I I never really have experienced summer camp like with friends before. So it was kind of just like it really just did feel like summer camp because I was just we were at like we were just be, like able to hang out with the whole club and all these other amazing actors and actresses. And yeah, it was just so fun. So 100 percent, it was as fun as it looked for sure. Man, is there like an adult summer camp we can go to? I never I went mean, to summer camp either as a kid. I mean, so. there probably is, but it's probably like a bunch of tech bros and stuff. I don't know if you can <laughs> go. Probably not. Probably not. Also, where can we get one of those Camp Moosehead hoodies? I never got one. I should have, right? Yes. Uh, I know Malia has one and she wears it all the time. And that's like my biggest regret is not taking one of those home. I'll have to see. I'll have to ask. Like, do you guys still have any left? And can I have one? You totally deserve one. Are you kidding me? Deserve one. It's the most. Yeah. Oh, dang it! I should have taken one home. (laughs) It was my bad. Yeah. So, um, so we'd love to hear a little bit more about your fellow cast members. Like, who do you Ah. do you think is most and least like their character? Okay. Honestly, I think everyone is very, very similar to their character. I also think. But if I had to choose like one like specifically, I would say Kendra is very similar to Dawn. I think mm-hmm. they're very passionate and they're they're both like kind of activists and very passionate about using their voices, which is incredible. And Kendra, oh my gosh, during like school and stuff, she would go get us snacks and be like, make sure you stay hydrated. And and she would like walk around with her incense and like make the room smell nice. And I'm like, that is the most Dawn thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, she's doing like, emotional uh, labor for other people. And, yeah, yeah, she's just 
she definitely fits Dawn perfectly. So I would say Kendra is very similar to Dawn, but honestly, all of us are very similar to our characters individually as well. Maybe except for Vivian. I feel like she she differs from okay. Mallory, but yeah. Okay. Kendra, that's right, my final so, answer. Excellent, excellent. So now I'm going to say a name of somebody in the cast, and then we mm-hmm. want you to give us one word to describe them for each person. Okay. So word association. Okay, ready? All right. Okay, Sophie. Funny. She she's hilarious. Oh my okay. goodness. Yes. Okay. Malia. Kind. Very, very kind. Shay. Caring. Like she's always making sure other people are taken care of for sure. Kendra. Bright. Like she's just like this ray of energy. Nice. Vivian. Also hilarious. <laughs> she <laughs> is always making me crack up in between takes. Excellent. Anae. She, a baker. She and I, like, we made this cookie cake together. Ooh. And, yeah, she's, like, the chef and baker of the group as well. Excellent. Okay. we. I know she's moved on to other things, but Sochi. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, I just saw her a few weeks ago. Hold on. I'm trying to use, like, one that I haven't used already. No, I get it. Yeah. But I also would think I, – I would also say that she's, like, this ray of sunshine. She can just brighten your day. No, it makes sense that both of the Dons have that same They quality. They have, like, this yeah. very bright yeah. energy to them. Okay. How about Aya? Ooh, a role model? Like, she is basically, like, my big sister in a way. Awesome. Okay, and then we're really obsessed with Richard Spear, both in the books and on the show and this on this podcast. So, Mark Evan Jackson. Like, a genius. Like, he is <laughs> hilarious. And at improv as well, I was just working with him. I was like whoa like <laughs> so talented uh yeah awesome yeah we love him and hilarious as well yeah yes so he's really good. the best so i was wondering um what japanese traditions or just like everyday things do your does your family do like for instance growing up i thought eating dried squid or taking off your shoes in the house or eating rice with all your meals was like what everyone else did <laughs> And as we can, you know, growing up as we were kids, you know, I remember going to, it was either yours or Michelle's house and they put butter on their rice. And I was like, what? And I was like, what is going on here? Like, do people put butter on the rice? It's just like, I just didn't know that was what people did. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, like, do you celebrate New Year's and do like a big family thing with all the food and stuff? All 100%. We get together with all of um, our, I guess you could say, um, Japanese-Canadian friends, and we do, like, a big New Year's thing. And also, before New Year's, mm-hmm. we do we make mochi all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that we've always done. And also, in the summer, we do something called nagash somen, which is, like, somen, but it's, mm-hmm. like, on water, and it, like, floats down this bamboo thing. And you basically catch it with chopsticks, and you dip it in. I guess like your stock and it's it's so fun. Oh. But so this I, is a fun story. I I introduced Esme to Soman as a kid and she's she still makes it. I make it all so the time. Good. All the summer it's so good. Yeah. It's one of my yeah. favorites. So being able to kind of do it in that way it's like so Ooh. fun. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, so we have some random fan questions. Yeah. So yeah. from from my daughter and some of her friends and some of our patrons. So what's your favorite thing that you've ever baked? Ever? Yeah, like you're the pinnacle of your baking capabilities. Um, I made Oreo cream puffs. 
Whoa. And they were so good. Yeah. Wow. So like the 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 pot of shoe was chocolate and then chocolate like, and then the inside like, had like the filling from the Oreos in like a custard. Wow. It was so good. Oh, uh, I need to make that again. Minds. Oh my gosh. Okay. Favorite Asian dish. Like I could pick. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a great answer. I mean, I think anyone would say this, but sushi for sure. Fair enough. And you want to ask your uh, hair care question? Oh, yeah. I want to know what hair products you use. What hair products I use? Yeah. Well, because I was watching some of your, like, TikTok videos and your hair looks so healthy and, like, it looked, like, so shiny and, like, bouncy. And I was like, my hair is just, like, look at it. It looks dull. I've never been asked this I'm before. Also a lot, I'm also a lot older than you, but come on. I need some help here. Um, what do I use? I like switch between random things all the time. I really like Hask, the brand Hask. Uh-huh. They have very moisturizing products. And then I also, I use like hair oil from Shumar. I don't know. My hairstylist gave it to me and it makes your hair very shiny and like Ooh, and, okay. and healthy and smooth. But yeah, growing up, I had kind of like curly hair. So it would always get like super messed up. So I'm still working on my hair journey as well. So. Yeah, so am I, man. <laughs> A never-ending thing, I think. <laughs> I know. Okay, so this is going to be lightning fill in the blank. Okay. Perfect. So the last thing you watched on TV. Squid Game. The last song you listened to. Easy on Me by Adele. Last person you texted. I think my mom. <laughs> Great. Last book you read. A, a Night Divided. It was for ah. school, and it was actually pretty good. Okay. Hmm. I haven't read that one. Have you read that, Anne? Nope. Okay. And the last podcast you listened to. Oh my goodness. I need to start listening more to more yeah, podcasts. It's guys. okay. You're not old like us. Um, I listen <laughs> yeah. to Daily Breath with Deepak Chopra. Oh, okay. I believe well, that's getting, how you're getting your mindfulness in. in. Yes. And it's <laughs> like very calming. I liked it Excellent. a lot. Okay. So this is the fun part. We're going to go into uh, either or of, of ranking junk food. <gasps> okay, I'm ready? so excited. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Doritos or Cheetos? Cheetos. Nice. Uh, cake or pie? Ooh, no. <laughs> I've never cake. I don't know. Or pie. Maybe pie. I, it's fall, <laughs> so pie. <laughs> okay, pie. Um, Twinkies or ring dings? I've never had. What is a ring ding? Uh, oh. It's like a, it's kind of like a, is it like a ho-ho, Anne? It's a ho-ho, but it's like a hockey puck. Is there marshmallow inside it? No, it's like cream inside, like a Twinkie, but it's chocolate on the outside and then enrobed in chocolate frosting, kind of. That sounds good, so I'll pick that one. Ring nice. Okay, <laughs> Starbursts or Skittles? Uh, I would say s- Skittles, because you get more variety. Oh, mm. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, gummy worms or Sour Patch Kids? Sour Patch Kids, <laughs> my mm-hmm. favorite ever, yep. Nice. Uh, Kit Kat or Twix? Kit Kat. Oreos or Thin Mints? <laughs> I think I have Oreos more often than Thin Mints, but whenever I have Thin Mints, it's incredible, so Thin Mints. Hmm. Okay, plain M&Ms or peanut M&Ms? I would say plain M&Ms. I've never been a huge, you know, I don't love Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with that's you. the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> so far, you're getting all of them right. Yeah. <laughs> There's right answers? Oh, okay. <laughs> Just based on my opinion. No okay. pressure. And yeah. Anne's opinion about junk food is the right opinion. So. <laughs> For sure. 
Okay, pizza or burritos? Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say pizza. Okay, then the last one is red vines or Twizzlers. Okay, I had my first red vine like a few weeks ago, and it wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. So I would say Twizzlers, but I would say cherry Twizzlers and not the strawberry one. Yeah, oh, that's a good distinction. Thank you for yes. that. <laughs> so you said Sour Patch Kids are your favorite favorite? Favorite favorite ever, yes. Oh, they're amazing. Are there any great Canadian candies or junk food that our American listeners may be less familiar with that you would like to plug? Oh gosh, what do you what do we have in Canada that Oh, this is not candy, but Ruffles all dress chips. You apparently that's not a thing in in No. Yeah. What is that I mean? was it's it's all dressed, so it's like a mix of kind of everything and it's like it's a bit it tastes to me a bit like a mix of barbecue and salt and vinegar. And it's oh. like the best thing ever. And yeah, I spent three what? months in Atlanta and I had, I was struggling. I was like, there's, they don't have them here. That's crazy. So wait, but, when you say all dressed, does it mean that like on a single chip, it's like barbecue and salt and vinegar or like the bag is a mix? Like it's all flavored the same thing. And like the flavor in general is like. Barbecue and salt and vinegar. It, to me, it tastes like that. It's like salt and vinegar. Mm. It has a little bit of kind of like an oniony type taste as well. Mm. But if you're ever in Canada, I would yeah. recommend trying those. Okay. For sure. Ruffles all dressed. I'll take notes. All dressed chips. Why are, why are oh. we being denied this? I, know. I don't understand. I, you guys don't have ketchup <laughs> chips either. No, we don't. That's no. we, uh, we have a Canadian listener who's threatened to send us some because she was so upset that we didn't have them here. So we'll see if we get yes. those. Maybe she can send us some all dressed as well. For sure. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Okay. So before we go, um, can you tell us what you're working on or any projects that you have coming up? Yeah. Um, I just finished filming a new movie called Secret Headquarters, which will be out later next year. But um, it's very it's something new, something fresh, and I can't wait to kind of tell more as as I as you know we get kind of closer to that release date. Very exciting. Cool. Yeah. In keeping with BSC tradition, we do something called a pizza toast at the end of each episode where we just okay. cheer we just cheers to something, but we call it a pizza toast. Perfect. So what should we pizza toast to? Anything? Yeah. It can be like, something we talked about. It can be something that you're excited about lately. It can be something random from it can be some other random fact from the show that people may not know, Man. whatever. It could be yeah. candy. Could yeah. be candy. Should we make it candy? Yeah, let's do it candy. I think, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, pizza toast to candy. To Woo! candy. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Momo. We had the greatest time. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. Fantastic. This episode of Stuck in Stony Brook is now adjourned. Thank you to Anna Martin for everything. Stuck in Stony Brook is edited by Emily Crandall theme song written and recorded by Gary Schaller, performed by the band Kid Kit. You can follow us on Instagram at Stuck in Stony Brook or find us on our website, stuckinstonybrook.com. Need some books that we mentioned? Buy them from our bookshop and support both the local independent bookstore and your favorite series literature analysis podcast. Find us at bookshop.org slash shop slash Stuck in Stony Brook. Lastly, if you're feeling doubly generous and you want to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be super helpful. You're the best friend the girl could ask for.